going back to the the point about um the stock buying a stock at for like maybe 10 20 years or so on to me that's much riskier than buying a stock for maybe like a year and holding it for a year because to me it, there's so much ambiguity like you, the future is so unknown you the, the company could go bankrupt and you just don't exactly yeah the company could very well about, not exist in 20 years like um blockbuster Remember when Blockbuster was a thing abroad and people yes. were like, oh, no one's going to Netflix. They used to laugh at Netflix. You know, there's, I, mm-hmm. I remember there's these quotes that people, you would never buy a movie or even credit cards, things like that. Imagine you <laughs> invest in things where this technology has replaced. Um, yeah. I, there was even, there was an article I read recently. Um, I don't remember who wrote it, but they were talking about how um, the AI industry can really um harm um the bpo industry because if you can train ais to basically do a lot of those things that the bpo and stuff do imagine being able to do it for like a fraction of the cost and look at us jamaica we're um we're kind of relying pretty heavily on things like the bpo industry and yeah, stuff we're, we're pretty bullish um, on BPOs. we're constantly developing more and more bpos and stuff like that so Imagine yeah, you yeah. investing in a BPO company and that's all, that's the only company where you're not, that's the importance of checking with the investments and how you always have to evaluate it over time. Because yeah. on one outlook, when you were doing the 15 year goal, this stock, you thought it could reach it, but then wait, AI is coming up. Maybe I don't want to put out the money in this because, you know, I'm thinking that could be an issue with that. Yeah. What, what the world to do as well is that they put it in managed funds. So while they aren't the ones um, you know, looking at it every month or every year, they have a professional investor uh, who, who, who is assessing, whose job is to assess their, their portfolio um, periodically and then to recommend or to actually act on their behalf in moving from a blockbuster, for example, to, to, a, to a, net, a, net, a, net, a Netflix so that they can maintain value. I'm just imagining so, if, um, if there was an investor, someone who was like heavily invested in Blockbuster, but then when they if they saw Netflix and these things coming up, if they actually like um, sold their Blockbuster shares and then used that money to buy Netflix and then look, <laughs> I'm sure it's, that's probably it's, someone it's possible. There. It's yeah. it's it's possible, and I I think it's a it's 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 a good point to read the companies, particularly um, when we look at BPOs. Um, I personally think that automation and by extension probably AI has already started to to to, to, to take some of those jobs on the very low end low end side. Um, certain basic functionalities that you want to do with your telecoms provider now over the phone is done by you dialing in whatever whatever you need. And they can tell you how much credit you have, they can tell you what you owe, how to pay it, you can put in your credit card information. Um, for something and pay through the through the phone and through that system. Um, so I mean the the, the that's, AI, that's AI. before AI. So AI. Yeah, yeah, and that's imagine, be, yeah. Imagine now look, the exponential effect of AI on stuff on systems like that. Look, so, chat chat GPT is limited. Yeah. Oh, well, no, no, no. All right. So I have a I have a I was talking to my friend. Right. She is she's abroad now. She's doing um. She did. She's a doctor as well. Brilliant, brilliant girl. She is using AI and doing machine learning and so on with um, 
after doing some research with maybe some scans and i see i said the same research being done abroad a lot where you'll teach uh a system to or you'll, you'll teach you'll, you'll do some coding and machine learning and you teach uh the you teach the system or the program how to read an x-ray let's let's do something like that read an x-ray right mm-hmm. the program gets so good it's much better than a human reading it just reading an x-ray so therefore if somebody like a radiolo- radiographer let's say that was reading these x-rays and typing them up and so on right now you have the ai doing that the ai mm-hmm. could literally read the x-ray imagine that for apex or elite imagine that for apex, imagine exactly. that having to pay um a consultant and the ai could imagine the ai's eyes won't get tired it could mm-hmm. go 24 7 it can likely read it fast now we could and mm-hmm. an ai just and with a higher degree of accuracy so some of the research actually uh compared the ai to um consultant radiologists and they mm. they shattered them right they blurred the images so, everything like it, it the ai was i think the ai's percentage was maybe about 94 percent or so on whereas mm. the consultants are high 70s so yeah it's it's already game changing yeah is i don't want i don't i don't want you guys to, to try to put the um the radiologist out of work and it's not us <laughs> it's already going on yeah a lot of these things are inevitable, are, are inevitable. in my mm-hmm. field um there was this machine we got pitched recently i don't remember the name of the machine basically um so sometimes we'll use the microscope where we look at the people's like your blood cells and stuff and you can say oh this condition could happen or whatever um there's like a machine that can use less blood than you typically need um and then i think within like 10 to 15 minutes it can give you an analysis of the blood so it could tell you how high the blood count is how low it is and then it can also it will look under the microscope and can pick up abnormal cells and stuff so that you don't necessarily have to go through manually it can do that analysis and do a lot of that thing and it's like really compact and it's using ai technology yeah matthew it sounds like like you need to go into archer soon as, you know <laughs> who brought those bones together well yeah 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 certainly i mean a lot of a lot of jobs that we have and my friend will I'll talk about the fourth, the fourth industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. A lot of jobs that we have now, uh, when our kids are our age, um, those jobs are likely not not going to exist. Mm-hmm. And it'll constantly keep happening. I mean, look at like when factories, um, factory workers that used to be a big part of the economy, but now that we have like a lot more machines and stuff, there are a lot of people that were basically kind of made redundant. When look at when um, Excel came up spreadsheets look how that cut out a lot of stuff right there so um i think the next the next few years in terms of technology and the developments that we're going to see are going to be really 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 crazy um you guys and you guys watch like terminator and those stuff (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, skynet (laughs) um yeah it's really it's really like even um, I don't know if you guys even follow stuff like um, there was, I think it was last year, uh, lots of the larger tech companies, they were basically 
called into court. So like, you know, the Apple, the Google, the Meta, there was these, I think it was in the UK or the US, um, and it was antitrust laws and basically saying that like, um, how it's almost like the companies they're saying are getting too powerful because um, imagine Apple, Apple has the, what do you call it, the, the iOS store and they can, someone could have an app, develop it, put it on the app store and then Apple could just say, oh, um, we no longer want your app on the app store. And then they could just almost like develop their own app and things like that. And stuff like that has happened a lot too. I remembered um, there was a time where you didn't have flashlights on your phone. Like it wasn't a building, a built-in um, toggle. Yeah, man. So stay on, stay on. I remember those days, but I, I remember. <laughs> I remember was, those days for sure. Yeah, I you remember, had to download. Yes, a, you a had to download a flashlight app. Flashlight app. And yeah. then they can just incorporate that into the iPhone now. That killed all flashlight apps. Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine that? Have, imagine your investment being, oh, I'm going to put all this money in this flashlight company because everyone's going to always need flashlights on your phone. Come on. And then mm-hmm. one day, you just hear, yo, Apple's has their own flashlight. All those mm-hmm. flashlight apps just are destroyed. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a very... A similar thing happened with, even with Twitter. And Twitter just changed a lot based on, I think, a lot of third-party apps were disabled because of Twitter doing some changes. Oh, so. yes. They used to allow, they used to allow um, alternative apps that you could access your Twitter and it could display things differently mm-hmm. or have different features to the official Twitter app. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, I'm trying to remember, there was one, I actually had used one too. Like TweetDeck and those, those apps. Not, there was a no, lot I think apps. Tweet, I think TweetDeck is, I think TweetDeck is from Twitter, you know. There was mm. this other app, um, what's his name, Marquez, you guys watch MKBHD? Yeah, it was yeah, definitely uh, Marquez. He used to talk about it and I, I remember he spoke about it and then I tried it and it was actually pretty cool. Oh, Flamingo, I think was one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Marcus spoke about that recently. Oh. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. He was talking about Twitter doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so my MKBHD. point was that your investments can... Yeah, big up MKBHD. But I was just saying that investments, you it could just burn up if you're not keeping track of it. So I agree with you, Simon. Always keep track of your portfolio. Always... Just be aware or be afraid of the companies that you are invested in. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And the thing is, it doesn't. You don't have to do it necessarily every day. It doesn't have to necessarily even be every week. But think about it. Even something that one day a month you say, um, I say you pick broilers. You're like, oh, people are never gonna stop eating chicken. They're the large. They're, <laughs> well, I think they're the largest. Um, is between them and what CB and stuff. But they between them, they're mm-hmm. pretty large in the space. Um, why if I pick that as my multi my ten year twenty year stock that I'm just gonna keep dollar cost averaging? Imagine just once a month you go on Google and you just type in Jamaica broilers gleaner observer, and you just read some of the more recent articles. Or whenever the report comes, you just read that report. Be like, okay, how did they do? Or even the annual report, even if it's not the quarterly reports, you just pick one time of the when the report comes out. You know, it's gonna be only one report for the year. You just read that one report and say, hmm, is this company still profitable? Are they, the reason I bought them was because I expect them, say before broilers went into the US, you were saying, oh, I know that one day 
they're likely going to go into the US and I think that could be a huge boost for them. And then you find out that that ends up happening. That's something that's very important. And that's something that you can track. Like, okay, mm-hmm. it, it, for them to reach my goal, they have to expand into another country. So just even looking out for that, checking mm-hmm. once a year, have they gone into the US yet? Okay, they're going into the US. That's my next checkpoint. Then I have another checkpoint. And, you know, it really doesn't have to be checking it every day. Like, that's the actual difference. I know that's the funny part, too. You could do that. And that one thing could be what um, can cement your belief to say, yo, I think this is going to reach my goal. Um, mm. And you don't necessarily have to spend hours together. One little thing could make a big difference like that to you to say, okay, this is the most important thing with my investment. And yeah. True. Do they True. still send annual reports and stuff like that in the mail? I haven't gotten any I in still, a long time. Yeah, I think uh, the last one I got... I feel like they should actually um, cut that out. It should, or it should be that you opt in for it because I check. I I don't need the physical hard copy for most of the stuff. I remember the other and day. And they still send CDs sent, too. CDs. Yeah, I don't know if you, but I get sent more than one sometimes because I might have. I guess it's maybe I have more than one account, so I think mm-hmm. I've got two. Oh. I don't and then I'm just like, this is a waste of paper, like. I see it on the PDF. I, it should be something that you have to um, opt in for it. That's my view. Can save mm-hmm. paper. Yeah, I, I, I had some issues with changing my address. So mm-hmm. I haven't received any at this address, but I, I used to receive them all the time. All the time. But I, I don't read any of them, just just to say you guys, because I already yeah. see it online. I don't know. It, I think it's definitely something like the amount of paper you could save. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's switch stuff up a little bit. Uh, Simon, I see you tweeting all the time about Pitch Deck, right? I'd mm-hmm. I'd love to hear what what is Pitch Deck. So, uh, Pitch Deck is a competition that SOTR, you know, ideated. Um, and that's being funded by Paul Simpson, who's the head of Cornerstone. Um, the aim is to get um, burden-free capital to small business, small and micro businesses um, in order for them to grow. Uh, currently, the, the winner's pot for the top five um, is at 100,000 US. Uh, actually, it's 110,000 US, so it's about 16 point something million dollars. Wow. Um, so five five businesses will have the chance to share that, and it's grant funding. This isn't SOTR or Paul investing. This isn't debt that you're going to pay any interest. This is literally you win the competition. You say you need three million. Uh, you sign over check and you get three million dollars. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, however, one of the things that we think is uh, that we thought. What's very important for micro and small businesses is not just capital, which is which is important, but support. Now, imagine the brand value, and I and I use this as an example. Um, one of the businesses is, is in the tourism sector. Um, they do, um, you know, travel experience, so they bring their own tourists. Mm-hmm. Imagine if that person had an advisor like Adam Stewart. Who could open up his network to that company mm-hmm. right the the benefit that we could add to that company 
is far more by by making that connection is far more those far more than three million dollars could 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 do so a big part of, of what we're doing with our pitch deck cons, con, contestants and the winners of pitch deck is going to be providing business support to them so if they say they, that they need support on the legal side they need marketing strategies they need somebody to assist them with um you know exports or etc we sotr paul simpson will reach into our network and try to find the people that these companies need and kind of attach them to to the companies whether it be in an advisory role it really depends on what the the professional chooses or even if it's just to give them one free session um we're also we've also connected with Wayne Marshall who has um, offered to provide his entire network um, mm -hmm. and as you know his social media and you know through meet the michelles is well and himself yeah, and his wife is, is 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 very large. Yeah, so I'm tweeting about has, it too, so I know he's supporting you guys. Wow. Yeah, man, yeah, man. So so he has opted to to um give um free a free advert um is an advert on his social media for those companies. So you can imagine if you have a, a service based company and Wayne Marshall with um combined millions of followers right um across his networks is mm. promoting your business even if it's for a few days that's the type of um brand promotion that a lot of micro businesses um can't can't afford at that point in their in their in their growth, growth cycle so the aim for pitch deck is really to provide that that type of support and grant funding so over the wow. next few weeks we'll be doing preliminary rounds we've chosen our top 30 out of the 70 plus businesses that applied um the top 30 will be competing through the prelims um to narrow that down to 15 and then the top 15 will be going to the finals where you know that will be well it's all going to be on twitter spaces so the first prelims is actually on the 6th of march um at 7 pm we're going to start pushing out our marketing tomorrow um uh the first prelims the 6th of 6th of march on twitter spaces at 7 pm and then then we'll be um it will be every monday after that for three mondays so the sixth that monday the next monday and monday after that and then stocks on the rocks will be march 31st um where we'll we'll be having our um you know one of those sessions as well so i mean nice. it's it's yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's really good and, and we've gotten a lot of support from business leaders um on that i mean the psoj has reached out and offered one year free membership um wow. lauren lauren from um Bluegrass has offered free free research services our uh, market research services for that come for for each of the winners um we've we've spoken to michael leachin who has offered his support he was actually at, at the launch um on twitter spaces yeah, I, I saw that actually time. that was big <laughs> i it was him yeah, from, you guys were teasing it you know i thought it was gonna be him <laughs> yeah 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 and i mean there there are a lot there there is a lot more people in sotr's network and paul's net, network that will hope to to get involved to to give these businesses maximum exposure so for example you can imagine where you have the limitless podcast 
weird. I was saying, um, yo, we should have gone on pitch deck first. Yeah, I guess we found out late, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, next season. So this is season one. We're working through a lot of kings. Um, okay. So we, we, we do expect there to be a season two and, you know, expect that to be much bigger. So you're going to have a video. Noted. You're going to have like a video stream of the actual pitches. Mm-hmm. So what we've told the, the finalists is that the prelims won't have a video stream. There are purely Twitter spaces. But the finals, we're giving the, the finalists the choice to either pitch live, meaning they can come in person at, at Palisados and pitch right right out there. Um, and, and we can present their pitch if they want to. Some people would have presented pitches with information, private information about their business. Um, so we would have to speak to each, to each one of them to find out which one would want to present their pitches, um, you know, openly. It sounded like a lot of, like one of my favorite shows, Shark Tank. It sounds a lot like Shark Ah, Tank, the Jamaican Shark Tank. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard people, people call it the Jamaican Shark Tank before, but what we're, what we're laser focused on now, Matthew, to be quite honest with you, is just executing season one. Um, to see where the where the the points of improvement are, um, and ensure that season two is is much bigger. We we've actually gotten um, production offers for, and this is the first place I'm saying this, um, production mm-hmm. offers for for um, season season two already. So let's look yeah, forward. Wow. Yeah, I think that's the potential. I think a Jamaican Shark Tank or a show kind of like this could be something that a lot of people would really want to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so for season one, as you you realize, we it's not heavily mar- marketed. I mean, where where Paul is, you know, pretty wealthy, <laughs> and those those are so some of the guys that are involved are pretty wealthy. So we mm-hmm. could have gone out on all island wide billboard type of um, marketing, but we wanted it to grow organically um, at at a pace that we can manage and we can see, you know some of the as i said before the, the kings and how we can resolve that and i mean we have excellent judges um, i'm a judge as well so i'm biased there but we have mark <laughs> gale, um where we have mark gale and christopher who you know each each in their own right have done well to start multiple businesses mm-hmm. and uh you know offer offer their services to, to to other companies and of course paul simpson as well who um you know would have you know, created Cornerstone and, you know, brought Barita, um, you know, from, from where Barita was in 2018 to, to where it is now, almost at the top of the industry. Mm. Okay, so what what do you think makes, since you're a judge and so on, uh, what do you oh. think makes a successful pitch then for Pitch Deck? That's a, that's a good question. I think... The, it, it, it comes down to some of the things that we would have highlighted, which is, you know, properly stating what problem you're solving, um, your business is solving, whether it's a, a goods a good based business or a service-based business. Um, properly communicating what the impact of the funds are. And, and, and this one, to, to, to me, is important uh, because there are some businesses where $3 million is a lot of money. So I... I I don't know your pocket, Matthew and Theon. I don't know. But $3 million for a podcast can get you all the equipment you need, yes. can get you studio time, you know, can even get you some 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 nice, you know, 
like a MKBHD production <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah yeah man I, I i watch his podcast sometimes and i'm like yo studio everything like have you seen the, his um his intros recently like yeah man his like... intros are just getting better and better yeah, but 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 mkbhd and you know unbox therapy and those guys um quite literally have entire production teams yeah. and millions of us dollars worth of um, equipment to to support them um but but the, the point that i'm making is that a three million dollars store with cinco is is i don't even think it's a drop in the US. bucket right yeah yeah, exactly but for three million dollars or some businesses businesses it can it can materially change the direction of where yeah. the of where the business goes from a grant pers- pers- perspective um mm-hmm. so so i think for me it's, it's also properly articulating um that and articulating the sustainability of the businesses i've seen some excellent businesses being presented um from you know uh, uh jamaican caribbean based video games um to you know mobile physiotherapy to vertical farming um seaweed farming i mean there we have a we have a, we have a lot to come and we we a, a part of what we're doing is showcasing what jamaicans are able to to offer um in terms of their creativity and their mm-hmm. business prowess as well you know um so let's see let's see let's hear how the rest of it goes what would be so yeah. nice too is if one of these businesses that you guys give this grant to, they develop themselves and imagine them eventually listing. That that'd be such a story. Yeah, man. I, I think I think it's I think it's it's I don't think it's impossible. Something that is impossible at all. I don't think it's something that's impossible at all. As I said, there are, there are quite a few of them that are very very viable um very very viable businesses what they need is skill um and what they need is support so a lot of these micro small businesses are being supported by one or two persons um and they don't necessarily have a team so for example you will have let's say a tourist based tourism based business where the two persons that own the business that did their degree in tourism they know how to provide services but they don't really know the finance side they don't know the, the legal side they they are are marketing they they just know how to give excellent service right Mm -hmm. now that's 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 a hobby that's a job but how you create a business around that is bringing in different different people within that scope that can support the growth of the 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 different areas that you need to holistically Mm -hmm. 